Hey guys, how's it going out there? Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. This is your host, Sunny D. I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode as we continue the journey. We continue the dream, uh, my journey of going to Harvard University. And today, I'm digging into the history, going all the way back to the 1600s, all the way through today. And you're going to hear a lot of cool things, interesting facts, some things that are kind of shocking and surprising all at the same time. But hopefully you get some takeaways. And I discovered a lot of things I thought were super interesting. I'm excited to learn more. I'm excited for you guys to hear about this. And I'm excited for you to continue along the journey with me on my journey to Harvard. So here we go. Let's get into the episode. There we go. We're live, live, live. Let's do this. Let's do this. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing good out there. Hope you guys are feeling good. Today is June 10th, June 10th, 2020. And the world as we know it will never be the same. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you guys joining me this morning. It's time. It's time for story time. Hopefully you have your coffee, wherever you're listening from. Hopefully you have your coffee, your tea, your morning joe, whatever it is that you do in the morning for your ritual. Hopefully you're in the middle of it right now. Just tape, taking a little sip of my latte. Ah, tastes good this morning. So welcome back to story time. Welcome back, welcome back. I want to apologize for yesterday. Story time didn't happen. I got a bunch of messages. Did story time go off the air? No, story time did not go off the air yesterday. But um, I just had to work. Imagine that. I've got a job, people. So I've got, um, you know, running a, a business. This, it being a side, side, side hustle, doing story time, coming here, sitting down. Um, one of the highlights of my day since I started doing this, 46 episodes ago, I'm having a ton of fun doing this, but I actually do have a job as the CEO of 1.0 running the salon. So I had salon business to take care of yesterday, so I didn't do an episode. So apologize for that. If you um, if you were looking, I got a bunch of messages about that. But we're ready to roll. We're back, we're back. Good morning, good morning, everybody that's tuning in. I see people jumping on Facebook, Instagram. See, Elena just came here. She's got the most consecutive views the most consecutive, the most consistent member of the Storytime audience right now. How's it going? So I'm excited to be back, excited to continue talking about what I started with on Monday, which was, you know, it wasn't clickbait, it was a real statement and I shared, I shared with everybody my dream of going to Harvard University and I said that I was gonna start this exploratory journey, this exploratory campaign um, going down the road, on down the road to Harvard. And so I'm going to continue that today. I've been doing some research over the last couple of days, um, just been looking into it. And today what I want to do with story time is I want to tell you a little story about Harvard. Harvard University has inspired me since I really started digging into like leaders all over um, the world, leaders in business. Uh, everywhere from the president of the United States or presidents, past presidents on down, looking 
excuse me, looking at different leaders in business throughout our history, there's a there's a lineage, there's a connection through Harvard through a lot of people. And I shared a lot of those people the other day that have gone to Harvard that, you know, were graduates of Harvard, um, everywhere from like I, we talked about the president of the United States previous, Barack Obama is a graduate of Harvard. We talked about the four CEOs when I was covering some black history, the four CEOs, um, the only four black CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, three of the four being from Harvard. Uh, Facebook, who you guys may be watching me on right now, or Instagram, which is another part of Facebook. So if you're on one of those platforms watching this, um, the CEO and founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, went to Harvard and he dropped out. I think he actually went back and ended up getting his degree, but another Harvard alumni. Uh, Microsoft, right? If you're watching on a computer, you have a you know computer at your house, another graduate of Harvard. And the list goes on and on and on. So many notable people, some famous, some not so famous. A lot of leaders, a lot of business leaders. And we touched on that um, article, The Business Insider, that said if you wanna be an executive, you wanna be a billionaire, you wanna be a president of the United States, it's a good idea to check out Harvard. And there's a lot of people that have you know, maybe gone to other colleges and then went to Harvard Business School, HBS. So there's two different sides there. Um, there's Harvard University, which we're gonna go into the history of today. Um, but there's a lot of lineage and there's a lot of um, history there to cover. So I'm gonna be touching on um, all of that and more as we go through this journey. And as we're doing this exploratory campaign, I'm actually doing some of the behind the scenes work, which I'll bring you guys into. Um, what does the application process look like? Um, what is available as far as like cost, right? How much does it cost to go there? Um, what is it? What does the coursework look like? So as I'm charting this course and going down now, you know, and, and I share with you guys initially, right? I don't have um, haven't gone to any you know formal college. Um, I went to high school, barely graduated. Went to the military. Um, from the military, started you know went to prison. From prison, went to work you know as a dishwasher. Became a bartender. Went became a hairdresser. Went to hair school, and went to work in a salon. Started opening salons ten years ago, and so that's been my journey where I'm at right now. Uh, but never in that process went to college. I mean, I remember when I was in prison, there were a couple of college courses offered and I took a couple of classes. Um, I don't even know if I got any credits, if there were any credits or what, but I just did it uh, because it was something to do besides being, you know, just in your bed or uh, besides lifting weights or, you know, just hanging out on the prison yard. I mean, it was something to do. So go into uh, class and I did some political science, um, which I mean, it was interesting. Um, and that was, it was very limited what they offered. So I don't even know if I got any kind of credit or any college credit for that or what the deal is. Um, but this dream, the dream of Harvard, I never even heard about before, you know, I started a business and started to look into business ownership and started to look into um, like leaders and people that I looked up to. And as I started looking into uh, these people, that's when I started to realize, man, there's a lot of people that went to Harvard University. There's a lot of people that are crushing it 
and people that I'm looking up to that went too. What's the big deal? And so I'm like thinking about it, but why didn't I ever hear about it? Like no one, I mean, it never even came up. And I grew up, I don't know, from Massachusetts to South Norwalk, Connecticut, maybe an hour, I don't know, hour and a half maybe away from there, from where I grew up, but it was never talked about. Um, at least I didn't hear it. And I, like I, you know, I, you know, I am not, I wasn't a, a great student, so maybe it was uh, brought up, but I, at least I didn't hear about it. And so it never kind of got on my radar, uh, never as a possibility or something that I should consider. Um, but, you know, with all of the tension and everything that's going on in the country, um, the talk about, you know, inequality, talk about racism in America, uh, talk about every company as you look out there right now, you're seeing every company is kind of looking at themselves and saying, hey, do we um, reflect society, you know, and Apple, um, you know, from Apple, you know, looking at their leadership, they have 3% of their leadership is, is, is black leadership. Um, so they're looking, uh, looking at black leadership, looking at equality in companies. Um, a lot of companies are, you know, taking a, a mirror reflection and saying, hey, we could do better. We need to do better. Um, but what is the reason why? You know, if you went to Harvard, would you have a better, um, a better chance of succeeding? And I think the answer is succeeding in what? Let's start there. Um, in business and leadership and in executiveship, you know, you, you don't see if even if you Google like Harvard and you Google um, Harvard graduates and you look at that list that I was sharing the other day, you know, that that list there was like, I mean, I mean, we went from like 1930, I think it was like 1939. We started rolling through that list and the first black person didn't pop up until like the 80s. Um, not to say that was the first black person that ever graduated from Harvard, but that list, there wasn't a huge representation of, you know, black men or women on that list. When you go on to like Harvard's um, Instagram accounts and, and the website, you do see more diversity. But where is where is is that being promoted? You know, is there are there black kids out there right now um, like me when I was little that are never, ever, ever even going to hear about this incredible um, higher learning institution and never even consider going there. And if they do go there, you know, what are, what are the odds of them becoming the president of the United States? I mean, that was the only first, hopefully, you know, it's not going to be the last, but that was the first person really of color that we saw as our president of the United States who also went there. And so I started when that, I started my company when that was happening. And that's where I really got in tune to like Harvard University and started looking into it. And all, all, you know how they say like follow the money? Well, it's like follow the, follow the education and all roads lead to it. So many institutions of learning wanna be the Harvard of fill in the blank, whatever that blank is. You know, we're the Harvard of, um, you know, we're the, the Harvard of hair schools, we're the Harvard of this, we're the Harvard of that. So every higher education institution would like to compare themselves because Harvard is on this pedestal. Um, so the likelihood of somebody like me going there, what are the odds, what are the chances? Even now, as I start this journey, is it possible? Uh, is it gonna be something that is, is, is such so far out of a dream it's not gonna happen? Um, do I think, you know, I'm a believer in myself, you know, over time as, 
you know, I've learned and self-educated myself. I'm, I'm kind of like one of those people that think like you can do anything um, if you put your mind to it, if you're willing to roll up your sleeves, if you're willing to put in the work. I really believe that. But is that just me telling myself that? Is that a reality? Um, so that's a lot, of what, a lot of what this journey is about and what it is inspired by. Um, the achievement of going to a educating uh, edu uh, educational institution like this and getting this education um, in that education what will I discover and learn because I really feel like the whole climate of everything that's going on with the inequalities racism the black man in America um, rights equal rights justice all of these things I think education has got to be um, deeply 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 embedded into the foundation because you can't you know, you're not educated if you, you, know, you put on the news for 30 minutes a day. It's just not going to be enough. You're not going to, you're going to hear one side of a story, uh, but you don't hear all sides. And you have to look into it, you know. So look in your library. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you, who are you listening to? What are they reading? What are their influences? Um, and do your own homework. Do your own research. Uh, don't take things just at face value. And so if I, you know, if I were to look at just the news for 30 minutes a day, I'm going to get that whatever channel. And if that channel's biased, which I mean, there are <laughs> biased, imagine that, you know, versus um, looking on my Twitter feed versus looking at Facebook versus looking on Instagram versus looking at the hashtag versus this organization says this and this organization says that there's so much information. You can get a snippet. You can read headlines. And you know, you go into a place, say you went to get your oil change and you're waiting, you know, in that little waiting area and you ever notice like they'll have a TV up there, it'll have a, you know, maybe a TV news station on and the volume's not up. So you only see the, the headlines. So then you become a headline reader and then you take that as fact and then you regurgitate that onto somebody or that somebody regurgitates that onto you and then that becomes your opinion based on what? You saw a headline for a second. Um, so that's, and the media knows this. I mean, they've known it forever. You know, a few episodes back last week when we talked about the episode on propaganda. Um, so you could be kind of fooled. I mean, you could have the wool pulled over your eyes very easily. Um, and, you know, and, and so you have to do your own independent research, but education is going to be the key. And that's where I'm thinking, well, if you're going to get educated, why not get educated by the, edu the, the education institution that sits on this pedestal, the highest in the land, um, that everybody, you know, from the who's who to the you don't know who, but they're running some of the biggest companies in the world, you know, they went there, so why not go there? Let's get into that bedrock of education at Harvard University. Um, so that became a dream, and I never really shared it. I mean, it was just kind of like a little inside my own mind, inside my head joke. Um, dream, um, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. But now that everything is kind of the, the bubbling and the boiling and the, the world is on tilt, I'm like, you know what, maybe I do need to, you know, exercise this journey and get this, you know, get this exploration started for real and find out. Because if I want to be a part of the solution versus the problem, maybe I need to, you know, go into education at another level. You know, maybe I've I've learned um, I've learned a lot from self-educating, but is there a lot more I could learn? Absolutely. 
And so that's really kind of how this journey began and how it started. Um, and I'm excited to share with you guys today um, for just some of the history, right? We're looking at um, the history of Harvard, Harvard University. Um, so for starters, you know, this was something interesting. And I didn't know, I just, you know, you know the name, you know the brand, you know the, the, the allure, but I didn't really know, you know, any of this um, until I started really kind of digging into it. So for starters, Harvard is the oldest institution of higher education in the United States. And it was established in 1636 by vote of the great and general court of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. And it's named after the college's first benefactor, the young minister, John Harvard of Charlestown. And this is all information coming off of Harvard EDU. And I'm gonna dig into some of this information from other sources. You ever think about like, right, cross check, you know, in haircutting, when we cut, we cut this way, boom, 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 we cut all these sections. And then what we're taught to do and what I, you know, teach people to do, then you pick up the hair and you look at a cross section and see if everything checks out, right? So you have to check it out. Um, so then <clears throat> it was founded, it was uh, named after the college's first benefactor, the young minister John Harvard of Charlestown, who upon his death in 1638, left his library and half his estate to the institution. <clears throat> A statue of John Harvard stands today in front of University Hall in Harvard Yard and is perhaps the university's best known landmark. And so some of the historical facts we're going to look at and <clears throat> the archives. So years. So I'll give you a kind, of, kind of a rundown of some of the years. So 1607 is where we're going to go back to. So there's archives that are maintained by Harvard University Library System. And it's a great resource. You can look at all of the Harvard um, historical records. And, you know, Harvard is perhaps best known because of its enduring history of innovation and education. But even diehard Harvard buffs are not likely to know all of these Harvard first and historical snippets. So that's what I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about. So starting with 1607, here's a little snippet for you. So John Harvard, the college's future namesake and first benefactor was baptized at St. Savior's Church, which is now Southwark Cathedral in London. Uh, 1635, John Harvard receives his MA from Cambridge University in England. 1636 was the first college in American colonies was founded, the great and general court of the governor and company of the Massachusetts Bay in New England, approves, looks like it's uh, 400, I guess that's pounds, it's got a weird little symbol, pounds for the establishment of a school or college and the way school was spelled at this time is S-C-H-O-A-L-E or college later to be called Harvard. So that was the approval process that happened and then now the school is formed. 1637 the Great and General Court orders the college established one year earlier to be located at Newtown renamed Cambridge in 1638. And then late 1637 or early 1638, the overseers purchased the college's first piece of real estate, a house and an acre of land from Goodman Paintree, located on the southern edge of Cowyard Row and soon distinguished as the College Yard. This tract became the nucleus of present-day Harvard Yard. 
and remains at the southern end of the old yard, the area west of Thayer University and Weld Halls. So this is where kind of that foundation started. 1638, John Harvard wills his library, which was 400 books and half his estate to the college. You know, I have a library that I've been kind of building um, and I've, I've always looked at it as like a treasure trove. I've always looked at it as like a gold mine because there's so much information in there. And so it's kind of cool to think about, you know, like this university started and when it's founded, you know, their benefactor, John Harvard, that's one of the things he leaves. You know, who are you going to leave your library to? Think about that. Are you building a library right now? Um, and what's in it? You know, what are you collecting? Because these are ideas, these are thoughts, these are words, not just pieces of paper, but words, visions, plans. So your library, my library, I know is one of my prized possessions right now. Um, and who are you going to leave your library to? So he leaves his library, 400 books and half his estate to the college. 1639, in recognition of John Harvard's bequest, the great and general court orders that the college agreed upon formally to be built at Cambridge shall be called Harvard College. 1640, Reverend Henry Dunster is appointed the first president of Harvard. 1642, first Harvard commencement with nine graduates. Wow, started pretty small. 1649, the town of Cambridge and President Henry Dunster give Harvard the college farm at Billerica, 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 Billerica. Am I saying that right? Massachusetts. Anybody from Massachusetts feel the, you know, the, the need to correct me? Please do. Which paid an annual rent to the college until the farm was sold in 1775. 1650, Harvard granted a charter. Harvard was granted a charter still in effect today with 2010 amendments. We're going to have to look into that charter for sure. 1653, John hmm, Sassaman, a Massachusetts Indian, became the first known Native American to study at Harvard, probably for a term or so. A disciple of Indian Bible translator John Eliot Sassaman later became a scribe and interpreter to Wampanoag Chief Medicorn. Medicorn. Medicorn? No, it's Medicom. Chief Medicom, a.k.a. Medicomet. Okay. Pometicom, King Philip. Interesting. In 1675, Sassaman was murdered by an English informant, touching off King Philip's war. New England's most devastating conflict between natives and newcomers. In 1692, Increase Mather awarded Harvard's first Doctor of Divinity degree. In 1755, John Adams, future U.S. President, graduates. In 1764, original Harvard Hall burns, destroying some 5,000 volumes and all but one of John Harvard's books. And hopefully that book is in like a glass bulletproof. Only one of his books burns all but one. And then in 1775, Continental soldiers are quartered in Harvard buildings. In 1776, eight Harvard alumni 
signed the Declaration of Independence. And this is the this so this where you can see from where it all started how this why this uh, university it is holding so much esteem it's embedded right into the foundation of our our country in 1780 the Massachusetts Constitution went into effect and officially recognized Harvard as a university the first medical instruction given to Harvard students in 1781 and the founding of the medical school in 1782 made it a university in fact as well as name and then in 1781 the oldest continuous chapter of Phi Beta Kappa formed at Harvard in 1782 there were 29 there was 29 year old John Warren was appointed professor of anatomy and surgery at the medical school during the previous year while head of the army hospital in Boston he had given Harvard students their first formal medical instruction. Benjamin Waterhouse was named to his second medical school professorship in the theory and practice of physics. In 1783, with high ceremony, Harvard Medical School officially opened as the medical institution of Harvard University. Its first home was the ever versatile Holden Chapel. 1787, John Quincy Adams future U.S. president graduates. So that's the second president, right? 1787 that graduated in this timeline that they're giving. In 1781, a writer in the Boston press accused Harvard of poisoning students' minds with Edward Gibson's monumental history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. 1776 to 88, President Joseph Willard replied that far from even considering Gibbon, the college used a text by French historian Abe Miller, Nathaniel Ames, who left Harvard around 1812, recalled Millet's as the most utterly worthless and contemptible work of that kind or any other extant. Dang. He, got, he just got fired on. 1810, John Thornton Kirkland begins 18-year presidency. I remember hearing this name Kirkland before, right? Think of that name. There's Kirkland. I know there's there's actually Kirkland uh, grocery stores around. I know today, uh, Kirkland, Kirkland. I heard that name. I think in the Social Network, the movie about Facebook. I think I heard about that. So we'll probably hear that name come up again. So he began his 18-year presidency, and then in 1815, University Hall is completed. In 1816, the Divinity School is established. In 1817. Harvard Law School is established. First reference to law school is Dane Hall in 1832 and harvard.edu list. In 1829, Josiah Quincy begins his 16-year presidency. 1832, Dane Hall, the law school's first new building, was formally dedicated in Harvard Yard and served for more than half a century thereafter. In 1836, Harvard Bicentennial. 1836 as well, we had Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was appointed professor. I've heard that name Wadsworth before. We actually have uh, furniture in the Paul Mitchell schools is made by a company called Wadsworth. I wonder if there's any connection there. That's pretty cool. 1837, I'm sure some of you guys have heard of this name before, Ralph Waldo Emerson. 
21 delivers Phi Beta Kappa oration. In 1839, the Harvard Observatory is founded. 1845, Rutherford B. Hayes, future U.S. president. I think that's the third one. Graduates from from the law school. In 1846, John Collins Warren, medical school professor, conducts first public demonstration of ether as surgical anesthetic. Interesting. 1848, Louis... Agassiz, appointed professor of zoology and geography. Interesting. 1849, Dr. George Parkman disappeared at the medical school in one of the most famous murder cases in Harvard history. Earlier, Parkman had lent money to colleague Dr. John White Webster. To secure the loan, Webster gave Parkman a mortgage on his personal property including a valuable collection of minerals. When Parkman learned that Webster had backed another loan with the same collection, he began relentlessly pursuing Webster to collect the debt. A week after the disappearance, a suspicious janitor broke through a brick vault below Webster's lab and found human body parts, which the authorities soon discovered all around the lab. Found guilty of first-degree murder, Webster belatedly confessed and appealed for clemency, but was hanged on August 30th, 1850. Parkman's widow led a fund drive to support Webster's wife and children. Wow, that's called the the dark cloak of history. Jeez, imagine that, you're like lending money to a guy and he's like, all right, cool. Then he borrows, he's like, yeah, you know, I'll give you this as collateral. And then he borrows money and gives the same other person the same collateral. And then you're trying to get the, man, dude's murdered. Bones are hidden. Janitor finds them. How about that? How about that? You're on your job. You're a janitor. And you're like, yeah, something's adding up here. And you decide to break through a brick wall. Break through a brick vault. Below Webster's lab, and you find the body parts. Jesus, that was 1849. So, 1852, Harvard wins first intercollegiate sports event, a boat race against Yale on Lake Winnipesaukee. Winnipesaukee. 1854, Henry David Thoreau, 37, publishes Walden. Interesting. Um, Holworthy, 1855, Holworthy Hall gets its first gas lights in the yard. Nice. 1862, the overseers confirmed the Reverend Thomas Hill, class of 1843, as Harvard's 20th president. His brief tenure brought higher admission standards, a series of public university lectures established 1863 by distinguished Harvard and non-Harvard scholars that paved the way for the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences and University Extension and progress toward a system of elective courses. Hill also conducted nationwide searches for new faculty appointees. Cool. 1865, election of overseers placed in the hands of alumni, severing legal ties with the Commonwealth. Oof. 1867, the Harvard Dental School made its first appointments. Daniel Harwood, Professor of Dental Pathology and Therapeutics, and Nathan Cooley-Keep, Professor of Mechanical Dentistry. 
1869 at the Meeting House of First Church. Unitarian Charles William Eliot was formally installed as Harvard's 21st president. From the outset, Eliot's 105-minute address delineated his broad educational purposes. The endless controversies, whether language, philosophy, mathematics, or science supplies the best mental training, whether general education should be chiefly literary or chiefly scientific, have no practical lesson for us today. The university recognizes no real antagonism between literature and science and consents to no such narrow alternatives as mathematics or classics, science or metaphysics. We would have them all and at their best. So he lays down kind of this is the way we're going to do things, charting, charting the course as the 21st president of Harvard. This is how we're going to roll. Interesting. And then in 1870, the Reverend Philip Phillips Brooks laid the cornerstone of Memorial Hall. 1872, Graduate School of Arts and Sciences is founded. 1872, the Arnold uh, Aboretum. I always get, I always get, Aboretum, Aboretum, Aboretum. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Arnold Aboretum is established. Okay. 1873, Charles Sprague Sargent officially began a 54-year term as first director of the Arnold Aboretum, established in 1872. Sargent soon enlisted the aid of pioneering landscape architect Frederick Law Olmsted, then busy designing the Boston Park system to help him lay out the grounds. Olmsted immediately grasped the idea that an arboretum where the public could see varied plantations of rare and exotic trees and shrubs skillfully selected, artistically arranged, and grown under scientific oversight would not only be an appropriate feature in the park system, known as Boston's Emerald Necklace, but might well become its first, its culminating attraction. Benjamin Lincoln Robinson, the Asa Gray Professor of Systematic Botany, wrote in the late 1920s. Nonetheless, the Arboretum proved a hard sell, Robinson noted. Neither the city of Boston nor the Harvard Corporation welcomed the idea. The press was indifferent and the public apathetic. Nine years of persistent effort were required before it was possible to draft a plan of procedure acceptable both to the city and to the university and to secure its approval by the General Court of Massachusetts. Jeez. You want to do some landscaping. Imagine you had to go through all that to do some to make some, some area look nice and do some landscaping. Come on, guys, get it together. 1874, Department of Fine Arts is established. 1875, New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, Connecticut. That's where I'm from. Hosted the first Harvard Yale football game, which Harvard won to the delight of some 150 student boosters from Cambridge. 1879, the Harvard Annex, later known as Radcliffe College, opens with 27 female students. 1880, Theodore Roosevelt makes Phi Beta Kappa. 1886, 250th anniversary, celebrated with more than 2,500 alumni and friends with President Grover Cleveland in attendance. 1890, land given by Major Henry Lee Higginson, 55, dedicated as Soldier's Field, 
honoring alumni who died in the Civil War. 1894, Radcliffe College is incorporated. 1896, Fog Art Museum opens. 1901, the first course offered in landscape architecture and city planning. Probably a pretty important course. Let's design how our cities look today. Hmm. 1903, Franklin D. Roosevelt elected president of the Harvard Crimson. 1903, the country's first concrete football stadium is built. The first concrete football stadium. 1903. In 1904, FDR graduates. And then in 08, with 59 students, the Graduate School of Business Administration formally opened as a graduate department of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences. Through this initial connection of established departments, President Elliot and Dean Edwin Francis Gay hoped to get the newcomer off to a well-supported start. Other U.S. universities began offering business training as early as 1886, but the course of study was overwhelmingly undergraduate. In seeking to establish business as a profession, Harvard Business School became the country's first business program limited to college graduates. By the end of the first academic year, the school had 80 students, regular and special, from 14 colleges and 12 states. So that's where Harvard Business School got started, and that's where a lot of the CEOs that I was talking about and some of the people that I was sharing on the last episode, that's where they graduated from. So you don't necessarily have to go to Harvard University to go to Harvard Business School, but when they established it, you still had to be a graduate of school. And we'll talk a little bit more about what it looks like today for Harvard uh, Business School. 1909, Abbott Lawrence Lowell becomes, uh, becomes, becomes, wow, geez. I'm going to Harvard. I can't even speak English. I need to go to English before I can go to Harvard. Um, Abbott Lawrence, I guess that's Lowell, 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 be, begins his 24-year presidency. Man, these presidents are doing time, like 20 years, 21. This guy's going 24 years. In 1910, President Lowell establishes Commission on Extension Courses, now the Harvard Extension School. In 1910, Theodore Roosevelt, class of 1880, served as the 34th president of Harvard Alumni Association, which was established in 1840. In 1913, School of Public Health is established. In 1913, also, the Harvard University Press is established. In 1914, the professor Theodore William Richards wins the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for a determination of atomic weights. He is the first of 28 Harvard Nobel laureates. In 1914, Henry Cabot Lodge, class of 1871, served as the 38th president of the Harvard Alumni Association. In 1915, Widener Library opens. In 1920, the college library contained about 1,127,500 volumes. Jeez. So I want you, if we go back, remember, John Harvard, he leaves his library collection and half of his estate to start really Harvard, the first benefactor who the university is like, you know, named after, John Harvard. 400, remember the number it was 400 books. And now the college library in 1920, 
I mean, that was in the 1600s. By 1920, you know, the library contains over a million, almost one point, one point, little over 1.1 million volumes. That's pretty wild. And then in 1920, but remember that 400 when that huge, you know, the fire happened, burned down everything, and there was only one book left. So they built this thing back up big time. 1920, the business school issued Marketing Problems, its first case book, developed by marketing professor Melvin Thomas Copeland. Copeland, I had a fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Copeland. I think it was fourth grade. Yeah, Mrs. Copeland. Um, 1920, also the Graduate School of Education is established. 1924, the Harvard-Boston Egyptian expedition began excavation of the Royal Cemetery of King, I'm gonna butcher this, Cheops, 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 C-H-E-O-P-S, Cheops, of King Cheops uh, Khufu near the Great Pyramid and soon identified the tombs of Prince Kawab, Cheops' eldest son, four other princes, Princess Mirasank II and two pyramid priests, wow. In 1926, Samuel Elliott Morrison is appointed official historian for mm, Tercentary. In 1928, the first iron lung is devised by two doctors at the School of Public Health. 1930, the house plan is established with the opening of Dunster House and Lowell House. In 1933, James Bryant B. Conant, Conant begins his Presidency. How long do you think it was? How long do you think his presidency is? You know they're not doing four years. They're not doing eight years. This guy is going to begin James Bryant. Conant begins his 20-year presidency. Maybe it's a 20-year term. I'm not even sure. I'll have to look into that. In 1936, Harvard Tercentenary. I got to pronounce this. Tercentenary. Tercentenary. What is that? What does that even mean? I'm going to have to look that up. Harvard's tercentenary celebration <clears throat> with President Franklin D. Roosevelt in attendance. And then in 1936, Graduate School of Design is established. 1936 also, the Graduate School of Public Administration is established. 1939, Walter Gropius, founder of Bauhaus. Love the Bauhaus. Design, very inspiring. Um, who inspired people like Vidal Sassoon uh, to create the geometric haircutting systems at the Bauhaus School of Design. Um, something I've studied and been inspired by. It's kind of cool. They have an, an influence and a connection here. So in 39, Walter Gropius, the founder of Bauhaus, became, becomes the head of architecture at the Graduate School of Design. Very cool. 1940, John F. Kennedy graduates. graduates. In 1943, 200 Army quartermaster officers arrived at the business school for a three-month intensive course in business methods. They formed a new unit of lieutenants and captains known as the Army Supply Officers Training School, a counterpart to the Navy Supply Corps School. Interesting. And then in 1943, the Harvard Alumni Bulletin tally of Harvard men in active military service equaled the mythical 10,000 men of Harvard. 78 Harvard men had been killed in the line of duty. 20 were missing in action and another 20 were prisoners of war. Wow. 
1944, IBM Mark I computer begins operation at Harvard. So they got one of the very first you know, computers roll up in there. Let's see what we can do with it. And then in 1945, the publication of President Conant's General Education in a Free Society, its recommendation will have wide influence. 1945, also at the Kaiser Shipyard in Richmond, California, the 10,800-ton SS Harvey Victory was launched. Harvard Victory, I'm sorry. The SS Harvard Victory was launched as the first of a new series of U.S. Maritime Commission ships named after U.S. educational institutions. The Harvard Corporation later voted to give the ship a library of about 140 volumes selected by the American Merchant Marine Library Association. A simple plaque acknowledged the university's gift. 1947, General George C. Marshall receives honorary degree, announces the Marshall Plan at commencement. And then in 1953, Nathan M. Pusey begins his 18-year presidency. Okay, so we now got a president that's not serving 20 years, 18-year presidency. Um, 1955, Helen Keller is the first woman to receive a Harvard honorary degree. Dang. 1955. Man. So from 1607, we're talking, we're going from to 1955. Okay, so she got an honorary degree. 1955. First woman ever to receive an honorary degree. 1956. Pusey announces a major fund drive, the program for Harvard College. What's going on? Um, let's see, where are we at? 1956, the Memorial Hall Tower burns down. Another fire. 59, Fidel Castro is a guest of Law School Forum. In 1960, Mary I. Bunting establishes Radcliffe Institute for Independent Study. In 1960, Loeb Drama Center opens. 63, the Carpenter Center of Visual Arts, designed by Le. Corbusier opens 1968. The Kennedy School of Government begins its public policy program. In 69, Harvard Community Health Plan begins serving patients. Um, also in 69, the student strike and takeover of University Hall. Uh-oh. Student strike and takeover. In 70, Helen H. Gilbert elected the first woman member of the Board of Overseers. In 71, Derek C. Bach begins his 20-year presidency. In 74, President Bach and FAS Dean Henry Rasovsky launch the study, Teaching and Curriculum in the College. And guess who rolls through in 75, boys and girls? George W. Bush, future U.S. president, graduates from business school. So I think we're up to like five or six presidents that have come through the halls hmm. so far. And then in 75, equal admissions policy for male and female undergraduates is adopted. So you can see, I mean, change change <laughs> takes some time. I mean, we're talking how many, couple hundred years here? And they're like, yeah, we should have equal admissions policy for male and female undergraduates. I think that's a good idea. And there's a lot going on at that time. I mean, there's a lot going on at this time. 
Um, so you're kind of seeing the evolution as, as we go down the timeline. In 78, core curriculum was adopted. In 79, President Bach announces the Harvard campaign, the latest or the largest capital campaign in Harvard's history. In 1980, American Repertory Theater comes to Harvard. In 82, Semitic Museum, closed for 40 years, is reopened. Nice, okay. Why was it closed for 40 years? We're gonna have to find out about that. In 83, the Democratic presidential candidates debate nuclear arms control at the Kennedy School. Oof, 84, Fogg, Bush, and Reisinger, and Sackler Museums combine to become the Harvard Art Museums. In 86, Harvard celebrates its 350th anniversary. And guess what happens in 1991? Barack Obama, the future president, US president, graduates from the law school. That's in 91. And in 91, also Neil Rudenstein is appointed president of Harvard. And in 92, Harvard Kennedy School Forum hosts Mikhail Gorbachev. In 94, Harvard Business Publishing is founded. In 95, the new Cholera vaccine was developed at Harvard Medical School. In 97, Mary Fasano became the oldest person ever to earn a Harvard degree when she graduated from the Extension School at the age of 89. Yes, Mary, thank you, Mary. Mary, thank you, thank you. That's what I needed to hear, folks. You know what that means? That means I got a chance. I got a chance. I'm a little younger than 89. And if Mary could do it in 97, becoming the oldest person ever to earn a Harvard degree, she graduated in, 90, in 97 at the age of 89. I can do it. I got a chance. And you do too. You got a chance too. You got a chance. We got a chance. Let's go. Let's go. 1998. Thank you, Mary. 1998, Nelson Mandela awarded an honorary degree at Special Convocation. Awesome. 99, Radcliffe College merges with Harvard College. So Radcliffe, that was a spinoff, becomes part of Harvard College. And 2001, Lawrence Summers is appointed president. For how long? Can't be more than 20 years because <laughs> that was in 2001. So I wonder if he's still president. Uh, on 2001, on the eve of the 350th commencement, Harvard's four living presidents, past, present, and future, gather for a group portrait in Loeb House. That's pretty cool. In 2002, former astronomy professor Ricardo Giacconi shares half the Nobel Prize in physics for pioneering work in astrophysics that led to the discovery of cosmic X-ray sources. Cool. In 2004, Harvard Financial Aid Initiative is launched. Financial Aid Initiative didn't show up till 2004. Interesting. In 2007. So what does that mean? You know, that means I mean you're either you can you got the cash, you got to pay to play. That could be interesting. We'll have to look into that. In 2007, the School of Engineering and Applied Sciences is established. In 2007, Drew Gilpin Faust became or begins duties as Harvard's 28th president. She is the first woman to hold the position. 2007. Jeez. How long did it take 
So when we look at this timeline here, we're not until 2007, we finally got the first woman to hold the position, Drew Gilpin Faust. Awesome, good job, Drew. Maybe bad job, America, who knows? Maybe bad job, Harvard. Maybe good job, Drew, bad job, Harvard. We'll have to find out. We're gonna, do, we're gonna look into all of it. 2009, Unified University wide calendar is launched so unified university wide calendar is launched so everybody knows what everybody's doing what's going on that's about communication 2010 the harvard corporation expands from seven to 13 members okay and also in 2010 harvard university will welcome rotc back all right nice they're welcoming rotc which is the reserve officer training course so if you're going through rotc in college, then you're most likely going to, into a branch of the military right after as an officer. So they welcome ROTC back to campus. Now that Congress has repealed a ban on gays and lesbians serving openly in the military. Wow, interesting. Interesting, and that was in 2010, you guys. 2011, Harvard University awards degree to Native American student who died in 1665 just before commencement, wow. In 2011, Harvard celebrates its 375th anniversary. In 2012, MIT and Harvard announce EDX. 2012, Harvard announces plans to renew the university's 12 undergraduate houses. 2012, Harvard releases first university-wide sustainability, sustainability impact report. In 2013, President Drew Faust launches the Harvard campaign, the largest ever in higher education. In 2013, financial aid increases by $10 million, bringing the total to a record $182 million. In 2014, Kenneth Griffin, 89 years old, makes a $150 million gift to Harvard College, principally focused on supporting Harvard's financial aid program. So as the financial aid program, right, it was created, and then, I mean, which did take a while. I mean, we're not talking, that didn't happen until 2004. Uh, but then they're starting to build up this because what I think, you know, when you see like financial aid to make it more accessible, right? It, Harvard, I mean, when I first thought about it, even as I was, you know, thinking about doing this starting this journey, I was like, man, Harvard, can't nobody afford to go there. Like you just have this in your mind that it's gonna be just way outside because of the prestige, because of the pedestal that it sits on. You think like, there's no way in hell you're gonna be able to go there. You you know, you grew up poor, you're not like it's out of, out of shot. But with this, you can see there's efforts being made because they wanna make it more accessible, having financial aid uh, be more accessible. And then in 20, and that was in 2014, Kenneth Griffin makes that $150 million gift to Harvard to support the financial aid program. In 2014, a $350 million gift comes from the Morningside Foundation, established by the family of the late T.H. Chan. The gift renames the Harvard School of Public Health to the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Damn, $350 million gets, you, gets a school named after you. That's what's up. I saw that happen in Billions. If you guys watch Billions, they were like, I don't know if it actually did happen. They were able to pull it off, but that was the goal. It was like, I'm gonna give you all this money and I want that hall to be named Sunny D Hall of Education or Sunny D, whatever. That's a lot of money, 350 million. 
So now you got the T.H. Chan School of Public Health. How about that? Way to go. Get after it, Chan. Ballin'. 2015, John A. Paulson, MBA, 1980, made the largest gift in the university's history, a $400 million endowment to support the School of Engineering and Applied Sciences, SEAS, S-E-A-S. The school is renamed the Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Science. It better be renamed. It, it, at that point, you just need to call it JP's house. I mean, John A. Paulson, JAP's house, or damn, three, 400 million. So Chan came through in 14 with 350. Paulson comes through in 15 with 400. I'm not really the best at math, but uh, I know when you add four and three, that makes a seven. So you're talking 750 in two years, $750 million in gift money. Um, actually, whoa, whoa, let's rewind that back. So that was 750, but actually in two years, because Kenny, Kenny came through in 89 with 150 million, Kenneth Griffin. So you had 400, 350, that's 750, plus another 150, that's eight, that's $900 million from 2014 to 2015 in gift money. Damn, let's think, let's think about that for a second. Now, if you've been watching the news, you know why everybody was so pissed off when they got that um, the funding when they got some of that money from the government that just came out to different businesses and they were like, what the hell, Harvard took this money? And Harvard, you know, they gave it back, credit on them, they gave the money back. But yeah, that's a lot of money, guys. I'm just saying, I think I might be going to Harvard uh, maybe for free at this point. If you guys got that kind of money, help, help your brother Sonny out. You got that kind of money, you got to help Sonny, come on. That's almost a bill. That's almost a billion dollars of free gift. Harvard, are you watching? Harvard, are you listening? Help me out. I just want to go to school there. I'm, I promise. I promise I will be at class every day. I promise I'll work my ass off. I promise I will I will I will make I will make you guys proud. I will be I will be a influential, impactful, positive contribution to the world as a Harvard alumni, as a Harvard graduate. You guys got a billion since 2014, 2013 I should say. Well, 2013 financial aid was increased by 10 million, which brought the total which brought the total to a record 182 million. So you had this 108 man, come on, Harvard, hook your boy up. I'll take a scholarship, I'll take a something, I'll take Hook your boy up. You got a billion. You just cropped. That was a billion right there. 182. Then you got 150. Right. That's 300. Then you got 350. We're just doing. We're just doing uh, napkin math here. Then you got four. You're over a billion. You got a billion from 2013. We're seven years later. It's 2020. You got a billion dollars in gift money, uh, financial aid. Come on, Harvard. Are you watching? Hook your boy up. I will not let you down. I will not let you down. I think this is going to happen, guys. I didn't even know. I'm, that's why we're going through this. I didn't know this. Um, but that's an incredible amount of money. I'm about to get Harvard on the phone and be like, hey, guys, I know you got like a bill in the last seven years. 
Um, can I get a can I get a hookup right now? Some college, uh, some tuition or something, something. Um, damn. And then the last thing on this little timeline, and this is the guy I need to talk to, Lawrence S. Bacow, B-A-C-O-W, 2018. Lawrence S. Bacow was a, is appointed president of Harvard. And all this information I went over today, guys, is available at harvard.edu. This is the historical facts. These are some of the archives from 1607 to 2018. Uh, hope you guys got some cool takeaways. I know I discovered a ton uh, going through this. I, I didn't I hadn't really looked at this. I mean, I've been on the website, but I want to do all this with you guys as you're going through the journey. So um, we're going to continue our Harvard study, continue my Harvard journey as I as I chart the course to go to Harvard and become a Harvard graduate. Um, and that's story time for today. So hopefully you guys are having an amazing day, amazing week. Hopefully you're taking some takeaways. Hopefully I need your support. Uh, I haven't started to go fund me because I think Harvard is going to fund me. So until next time, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning for story time and have a great day. Harvard, the Hey guys, Sunny here again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode of the YFYI podcast from Storytime Live. And hopefully you can join me for an, a live story time one of these mornings. Uh, but we're going to continue the journey and discovery of Harvard University, the oldest institution in the United States. We're going to continue and uncover um, just all of these different archival facts and, and people and, uh, and the journey the application process, financing. How is this all going to come together? I'm discovering it right alongside with you. So I'm excited for you guys to continue along this journey. Um, hopefully you got some takeaways from this episode. Love to hear your feedback. Message me if you want to support the my journey through Harvard. You can look on my Instagram. I'll be posting things on there, posting things on my story. You can um, share it. You can like. You can comment. You can share, comment, and like this podcast so we can uh, make this dream a reality. I'm, I'm going to need everyone's support uh, to fulfill this lifelong dream of mine and see is it possible um is anything possible and that's the always that's the the saying right everyone's like anything's possible in america well this is something that is going to be a challenge and we're going to find out together so continue along with me as we discover um more things about harvard on the yfy podcast i just want to thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for being here and thank you for your support so until next episode, guys, have a great day. And remember, this is the YFY podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.